chapter 1. It's a good time of the year. Verse 26. Father, thank you for this word. We ask you to bless this word. And we thank you, Father, that this word is seed. And Father, we pray that it fall on good ground and bring forth good fruit. Because Father, you said in Isaiah 55 that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which you've purposed for it. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And in the sixth month, Luke one twenty six, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. That's a good word. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. For behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing, that holy seed, which shall be born in in thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said to the handmaiden, Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. And enter into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice. Now I want you to see something now. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. From whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as, as... For lo, as soon as your voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know, when you see this, she didn't know Mary was going to have the baby. The Holy Ghost came upon her, and when she heard herself saying it, it was the first time she knew that she was bringing forth the Son of God. And so we see that was the, the time when that seed came to earth. Now, we don't talk about that seed. You know, there's a scripture in Psalms 126. Uh, I think it's verse 4. Let's, let me see here. Uh, it's one It's one of those, we all go through times of trouble. And you know, I was thinking about Mealy and her son, and their daughter-in-law that lost their, his daughter this week. We had the funeral Friday. And you know, one of the scriptures here, when I was thinking about what they were going through, and it says in verse 6, Psalms 126, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, 
what kind of seeds that your tears shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Those precious seeds. And one of the things the Lord spoke, I know this has been a hard week for you guys, but you know God says he puts all your tears in a bottle and he hadn't forgot them. Every one of your tears that you've, you've weeped, he's put them in a bottle for you. And you know what he said here, that when you sow those precious seeds, you're going to come rejoicing. You know, the scripture says, you, thou hast turned my mourning into joy. So it's time to receive his comfort now, knowing that she's in his presence in the fullness of joy and, and pleasures forevermore. And God's going to turn that mourning into dancing for him. And uh, it's his promises, and his promises are eternal and lasting. You know, life is a mystery. When you think about it, everything God has provided for us is in seed form. All the plants, all the animals, all humans, everything in this world is in seed form. And in those seeds is that eternal purpose. It's its destiny. Everything in that seed is there to produce and reproduce in that seed. God has purposed that everything come from seed. And so when he, when he made Adam and Eve, and we know what happened, when they sinned and disobeyed God, that seed became corrupted. It became cursed and corrupted. It no longer yielded what God had its purpose for that seed. And it was called the seed of Adam that we're all born with. And so let's, let's look here in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 11 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, every herb yielding seed, and the fruit of the tree yielding fruit after its kind, the seed in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seeds after its kind, tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Every fruit has seed in itself. You know fruit's not primarily for us to eat. Do you know the fruit is to nourish the seed? Really? It's, it's good for us to eat. But the fruit around the seed is to nourish the seed. That's right. So it can minister life to that seed. So when it comes time for that seed to fall into the ground and die, it can bring forth life. And that's what we're, we're supposed to be that God has created that seed within every one of us. You know, he said in Genesis 8.22 that seed time and harvest will always be here. Will always be seed time and harvest. That's not only in the good, it's in the negative. Whatsoever man what? Soweth, that shall he eat. If you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. You sow to the spirit, you reap of the spirit everlasting life. So seed time and harvest is here every day. And a lot of us know that, you know, we've, we've heard enough to know that every word you, you speak is a seed. It'll either minister life or it'll minister death. Amen? I think that's one reason Jesus said every idle word that men speaks, they'll give an account of. For by your words you're justified, and by your words you're condemned. And that word idle is inactive. What does that mean? It's not producing. It's words that are not intended to bring forth anything. They're just idle, inactive, unemployed words. See? So we need to see death in life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will what? Eat the fruit thereof. God purposed that we have fruit in ourselves. 
And that's, that seed in every one of us is to be reproduced. The seed in us is to be reproduced. That's why God said, go and what? Replenish the earth. What is he saying? Reproduce what you have. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we talked about this in Amplified, says that God has set eternity in the heart of every man, a divinely implanted sense of purpose that nothing under the sun but God can fulfill. God has set a seed in every one of us. Every one of us have a seed in us. But see, some of that seed we see. You know, when I, when I was thinking about Cain and Abel, and we look at this, and look with me in Genesis chapter 3 while we're over here. Three fourteen, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you've done this thing, you are cursed above all the cattle and every beast of the field. Upon your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between thee and your woman, between your seed and her seed. And, and, and it shall bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow, and in conception, and thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to your husband. And he shall rule over you. And we see that this happened. But he said to Satan that her seed and your seed is going to be empty one with another. And you know, I couldn't help but think from the fall, Cain was the first one born. And you know, First John says a little interesting thing. It says that we're to love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, slew his brother. And Why? Because his deeds were wicked and his brother righteous. So even after the fall, there was a different bet- difference between the seed of Cain and the seed of, seed of Abel. One was wicked and one was righteous. So all the seed wasn't necessarily the same in the Old Testament. There was a difference. And you know, when, when they had the third son, Seth, that word Seth means consolation. It means in replace of. The one had been taken. So we see that when, the, the, when all of this happens, he Cain went out and then Seth. But you know what happened? Cain's seed and Seth's seed begin to intermix a little. You with me? And you know in Genesis chapter 6, we read this this morning in the coffee shop. Oh, thank you, Lord. And he says in verse 5 that God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. Let me read that again. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. You know, I told the guys this morning, you know, we always know God is a spirit. But see, there's many places where this grieved God in his heart. And he also told Moses, you can see that my back part. So God has a spirit, he has a soul, and he has a body. Because we're made in his image. And it grieved him in his heart that he made man. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth. Both man, beast, creeping things, and the fowl of the air. And they repented that I have made them. But this verse 8 says something, what? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God made a promise to Adam and Eve that your seed 
would bruise his head. And we're talking about that seed. We sang about that seed this morning. But I want you to know something. God destroyed all mankind. But he made a promise that that seed would remain. So he found Noah. Found grace in the eyes of God. Favor. Why? So that that word that his seed would be fulfilled had to be carried on. Satan's tried to destroy that seed all these years, every place. But even when Jesus was born, all the little babies that was killed, why? He's trying to destroy that seed. But Noah was spared in his family so that seed could be carried on. So through that, and then, then we know he, he goes on down and, and we see that seed of man began, began with Adam. But because of that fall, something happened to that seed. And what did God say to the ground? Cursed is the ground for your sake. It will not yield its strength anymore. And we see because of Adam, we have, there's a lot of problems that we all run into. Scripture says, whereby is one man, by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all have sinned. And we see that because of that fall, we have a problem. He says here, here in, in the, I want you to hear this right here. No seed of Adam can redeem us because it's rendered ineffective. No seed from Adam could redeem mankind. It had to be another seed. Yep, had to be another seed. When you begin with Adamic seed, you will always end up with an Adamic problem. And that's one of the problems we've been talking about that I pray your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made provision for spirit, soul, and body. But when you just get born again in your spirit and you're still living out of your old soul, your old mind, your will, and your old nature, that's an Adamic seed. And we can, as we've tried in church for many hundreds of years, tried to make the old seed better. How many of you know you can't make it better? You start with an Adamic seed, you're going to have an Adamic problem. Not only that, there'll always be a snake in your Eden if it's an Adamic seed. That's right. There'll always be problems there as long as you're in that old seed. And see, that's why he made provisions for us to be made exchanged and made whole. First Peter one twenty two says what? Seeing you have purified your souls or exchanged them in obeying the truth through the Spirit to unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a what? Pure heart fervently. How do you do that? Exchange a new heart. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, see that? But an incorruptible seed. And how does that seed come? By the word of God that liveth and abides forever. That word. You know, this, this, let's look over here. Uh, you go to James. James 1.18, look at this. Well, it's going up. I like, you know, there's just so much good. Verse 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, in who is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. Of his own will he begat us. You know what that word begat means? To germinate. That's where we get sperma. Of his own will he begat us with the what? The word of truth. That we should be kind of first fruit among all his creations. 
And not only that, First uh, Peter 1, 3, let's look at that. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us. See, that's that word again. Sperma, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance, what? Incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be built, rebuilt, and revealed in the last day. So it's through the word of God. And what did John, what does it say in John chapter 1? Let's read that about Jesus. Verse chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was a true light which lights every man that comes into this world. Oh, ain't that good. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as any, many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name, which was born. Now catch this. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, when that angel spoke to Mary, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he who was born, I spake of. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. He gives you grace so you can receive more grace. It's incredible. He gives you a measure of grace, so with that measure of grace you can receive more grace. And there, of his fullness and the grace, there is no end. All that fullness... You know, I, I don't have it down here, but we, we read in Colossians, I think it was 2.9 this week. Colossians 2.9, 9 and 10. It says, For in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Do you hear what this is saying? That in that little baby, in that womb, was the fullness of God. We're talking fullness of God. How much is the fullness of God? The fullness of God was in Christ. The whole thing. That's incredible. Your mind can't even go there. But it didn't stop there. But of his fullness have you all received. Grace for more grace. So you can have the very fullness of God in you. You have the fullness of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost living in you. There's no more you can add to that. See, we read over that, and we don't catch it. And of that fullness of God, what does it say in 2 Corinthians? God was in Christ. When Jesus went to the cross, it might shock you to know that God was in Christ when he went to the cross. God was in Christ, exchanging the world to himself. He took our sins... So he could give us his righteousness in exchange. That's how much he loved us. 
And he did that while we were what? Yet sinners. You know why? Because he already knew you from the foundation of the world. He knew that seed had to be exchanged. And all through, you read through the whole, why does everybody hate Israel so much? Why is Israel always in the TV all the time? From Genesis, that very moment there when God said to Satan, this seed's going to crush your head. He's been trying to destroy that seed ever since. And every man hates that seed. The only problem is that seed cannot redeem man. It's only the new seed. It's only that new seed. That seed had to fall into the ground and die so it could be exchanged. Jesus said that in John 12, 24. Except that kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. You know, one of the things that I just thought about, you remember in Isaiah 53 where we talk about Jesus? When Jesus was in the garden, it says it pleased God to crush him to make his soul a sacrifice for our sins. Catch this. And God shall see his seed and prolong his days. God shall see his seed. That's the whole thing. And prolong his days. We are that seed. We are that new seed. When he crushed him and became that corn of wheat that fell in the ground, God saw that seed. And you know what? That's through the power of the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Same Holy Ghost that quickened that mortal body that it became alive. What did he say? The power of the Most High shall overshadow you. See, when you go down in the water, the water is only water. But there's something there of the Holy Ghost that quickens you and makes you alive. To walk in the newness of life. That's that exchange of seed. Mm. You know, I can't say I understand, as I was looking at all this, the full implications. But there seemed to be a difference with some people in their seed, even in the Old Testament, like Cain and Abel. And you know, and what does this say about Enoch? It says Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Because why? He had this testimony before that he pleased God, and God took him to be with him. See, there's, there's always been that seed. And now, we've seen many times, you know, God says the heart is what? Deceitfully wicked and desperate. And, and God saw their heart that there was nothing good in them. And that's why Ezekiel 36, 20, 34, what is 36, 26 says God will give us a what? A new heart and a new spirit. Why? The old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It's part of that old nature. So he gives us a new heart that's... that's Made it's an incorruptible heart, and the scripture says of that new heart says what that seed that's born of God cannot sin, for his seed remains in him because he's born of God. A good tree cannot produce evil fruit, right? An evil tree cannot produce good fruit, so by their fruits you shall what. You should know them. So see, it's all about a seed. How many times he talked about the seed, the sower? The sower goes and sows the seed, which is the word of God. The fowl comes and takes that seed. Why? 
So that seed can't produce, can't bring forth. And the cares of this world, the seedless of the wicked, choke the seed, and it doesn't produce. But he that falls on the good ground, see, you know what's, you, you, I want you to think about this. Uh, Craig Solomon, he's a farmer. He comes to coffee shop every once in a while, and he was showing me this wheat that he has. It's, he didn't grow many acres of it, but it's high in protein and all this other stuff that farmers know. I couldn't tell you, but they could. And he, he grows a few acres of this. But these original seeds came from the tombs in Egypt. It's high in something. I don't know. But see, those seeds sit in those tombs for thousands of years. And that's the thing about a seed. It'll sit in a hostile environment like that. And, and, but you bring it into an environment of water and earth, that seed will bring forth. In the right environment, that seed will come forth. And see, it's the same with all of our seeds. And, and uh, I thought it's kind of interesting. Those seeds are still being produced today. And that's what God said about his word. My word is like a seed. I'm the one that ministers seed to the sower, bread to the eater, and seed to the sower. And it will accomplish that purpose. Now, it may sit there a while. Now, you know, we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen? So seed is, it, it can be there. We was talking about in coffee shop this morning, wasn't we, Steve? We talk about new man all the time. We talk about old man, new man. But all of us had our period of time when most, most of us were just licking, listening to it and not really experiencing it. But all of a sudden, one day, that seed got in the right environment. Got a little moisture, water, washing of the water of the word. It got an inv- environment that all of a sudden that light came on. And it was birthed. Right? Every bit of that comes from God. You can't do that. I wish I could make people hear things. I wish I could, people could make me hear things. But it doesn't. It only comes by the Holy Ghost quickening it and making it alive to you. So we have ears to hear and eyes to see. Steve read John chapter 12 this morning. It says, While you have the light, believe in the light that you may be children of the light. And I had him read the next verse. It says, Even though he had done many miracles before them, yet they believed not on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd raised the dead. He'd done everything. He says, That the saying of Isaiah might be fulfilled. What? They heard, but they didn't hear. They saw but they couldn't see. Because Isaiah said he's blinded them and hardened their hearts and their ears. And, and he says, because they wouldn't see. And, I, and that's when the Lord spoke that to us. If a person chooses not to believe, then he can't believe. Unless God in his mercy opens his eyes again to something. Because they chose not to believe, then they could not believe. Because God's blinded their heart. You know, the God of this world is real good at blinding the hearts of those that believe not. Right? lest the light of the glorious gospel of peace should shine to them. And that's why he does that in your souls, because he don't, he don't care if you get born again. But if he can keep you blind to the fact you can have a new mind, new will, new emotion, and a new relationship, that's all he's interested in. A new seed for a new kingdom. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about it. You know, his scripture says he watches over his word. 
See, he spoke that in Genesis. And he watched over that word all the way till that angel took that word to that virgin, Mary, to make sure that seed would come forth. He watches over his word to fulfill it. I remember in the scripture in Job, he says in Job, you can cut this tree down to the ground, and I've got one of them at my house. I cut it down to the earth. And it says, at the scent of water, it'll bud and bring forth. At the scent. I have poisoned this tree every year. <laughs> it's right under my fence. I've cut it off. I've ground up it. I've drilled holes in it. I've done everything. I've poured salt on it. And every year when it starts raining, here it comes back. I'm going to get some dynamite. <laughs> and so it reminds me every year of this verse. You try to kill this thing, you cut it off. But it doesn't matter what you do. At the scent of water, it's going to come forth. Now, Isaiah chapter 6 says that Israel is, is a, a, it says a remnant shall be saved. A remnant shall be saved. That's his seed. And it says, though it's cut off and it's just a, a stump, yet the seed is in the stump. The seed is still there. God, he thought of everything. Because it's why? It's seed. And one of the things we see is, boy, is your word seeds. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to them that are far off. What did God say? I create the fruit of the lips. He says he will perform the words of his messengers. He says you go out and preach. And they went out and preached and God confirmed their words with signs following. See, those words were seeds. Seeds of the kingdom. Uh, a new seed. Born not of blood, nor the will of man, but of God. Second Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Through the incarnation, Mary's seed and God's seed had healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and was manifested. That's when Jesus did all these things. And then at the end, that's when he said, it's time for the Son of Man to be lifted up. But except that kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, if it's sowed, it'll bring forth much fruit. Then he said to us, he that saveth his life will lose it. You know what he was saying there, saints? He that saveth his seed will lose it. Because that word life is pneuma. It's your mind, your will, and your emotion. And that's your seed. That's who you are. Everything you have is in that seed. And he said, except, what did he say? If you try to save that seed, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose it, plant it, let it die, it will bring forth a new seed. It'll be resurrected a new seed. And then he said what? If any man serve me, let him follow me. What is he saying? You've got to do what I did. I'm laying down my life for you. You've got to let your life go so you can receive the new. Life only comes out of what? Death. It's an exchange life. We're dead already, so what's the big deal? Just give it the message. The Bible said just give it a decent burial and get on with life. I like that. 
Just give it the old life a decent burial. Quit being a grave tender. Always, you know, tending the grave. Just bury the rascal and get on with your new life. It's real simple. We've made it complicated. And that's why he said in, in 2 Corinthians 11, he says, uh, you know, I pray for you lest your mind should be corrupted. What? Corrupted. From the simplicity that's in Christ. As Satan beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds would be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. You know what it is? It's not circumcision. It's not uncircumcision. It's not Jew. It's not Greek. It's a new creation. That's it. Galatians 6.15 said what? It's not about circumcision. It's not about uncircumcision. But it's about the new man, the new creation. That's pretty simple. It's all about the new. But it had to come through that word. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. And you know, when Jesus was there, verse 27 of John 12 says what? Now is my soul troubled, agitated. And he says, but what shall I say? Shall I say, Father, take this from me, this agitation? Because he was being made sin for us who knew no sin. He was feeling the agitation of sin of that old corruptible seed. And he said, shall I say, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I into this world. Right? Then in the garden he said what? Now is my soul sorrowful unto death. If it be another way, let it pass. Three times and it didn't. And he sweat as it were great drops of blood. And that's where in Isaiah 53, 10, 11, 12, it pleased God to go ahead and crush him, to make his soul a sacrifice for our sins. And God, verse 11, God will see the travail of his soul in the garden and be satisfied. And verse 12 says, because he poured out his soul unto death, that seed. What? We all get to be a part of it. Because he poured out his soul to death. And he was numbered with the what? Transgressors. And he bare the sins of many. So see, it's old soul. It's new soul. It's an old seed. It's a new seed. But God be thanked for his unspeakable gift. Mm. We talked about this this morning. A lot of people don't understand Scripture says in Hebrews that Jesus didn't take upon himself the nature of angels. But he took upon himself the seed of Abraham. That in all points he might be tempted like all of us, yet without sin. Jesus took upon himself every possible thought that we could ever possibly have, he had, yet without sin. Why? So we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have a high priest that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we, yet without sin. So what's the next verse? Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. He's been there and done that, but he's already paid the price for it, so we don't have to go there no more. He took it for us. All points without sin. See, that's why of his fullness, not just part of it, of his fullness have we all what? Received. Grace for grace. 
The very fullness of the Godhead rested in Jesus. And the very fullness of Christ is in us. Now we, but what is the problem then? Well, I think it says something like as newborn babes. You see this newborn babe? That babe has everything in it that these two have. But does he look like them? Huh? Not yet. But that's why he sent the Holy Ghost. And he says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That baby likes milk, doesn't it? So as you begin to take milk, you begin to grow up into his image. Second Corinthians 3.18, you beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into the very image of Christ. And what? Romans 8 says that God's will is that we, he has predestined us to be conformed to the very image of his son. Now, I, th- I don't think that I can be the full image of him by myself. I'm only a part of a whole body. But I do have the responsibility as a part of the whole body to be the fullness of him in my part. And of the fullness, we all are the body of Christ. We are to grow up. Now, is that when we get to heaven? No. It's God's will for us now to be what? Conformed to the very image of his son right now. Because he's coming back after what? A glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. How's that going to happen? Only one, by, only one way, by exchange. Because in First Peter it says, seeing that all these things are going to happen, what manner of man are you to be in all manner of conversation, seeing that all this heaven's going to be on fire and the elements going to melt with fervent heat? How many of you, that's not going to be too pretty a day. But it says, be sure that when he comes, that you're found of him in peace, without spot, and without blemish. Is there any way you can do that on your own? No way. How do you do that? By exchange. It is so amazing. Everything God asks of you, he gives to you. He gives you grace to receive grace. We can't even give if it hadn't been given to us. So we've, we've tried all years. I'm going to give so he can give to me. Listen, I wouldn't even be here if he hadn't gave to me. We'd all be consumed if it hadn't been for his fullness given to us so we can give, so we can forgive, so we can do anything else. Jesus said what? Of my own self, I can do what? Nothing. That's Jesus. Of myself, I can do nothing. He says, I only do what I see him do. I only say what he tells me to say. And I can do nothing apart from him. So how much can we do apart from him? We can do a whole lot. But you know what it is? Wood, hay, and stubble. The only way we can do something, what did Jesus say in John 15? Herein is my Father glorified that you do what? Bear much fruit. God wants us to be full of fruit. Why? Because that fruit inside does nourish that seed that reproduces and brings forth new seed. See, all your kids are seeds. God shall see his seed in Isaiah and prolong his days. And he shall prosper in his hand. See, we, we miss some of those little words. But it's that seed he's after. When he crushed Jesus, he was after that seed. That new seed. The last Adam became the new seed. What does last mean? Jesus was the last Adam. When Jesus went in the grave as the last Adam, 
He came up out of the grave as the what? Second man of a new living way. And we are what? He's the first fruit among what? Many, many. So we have something to be thankful for. This time of year is the time of year that that new seed came so we could have a new life and we could start our new lives. They're good. The holy seed. Well, I'm through. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for the son you've sent us, and we thank you, Lord, that the new creation lives in us. And God, I ask you to give us a revelation on what this means that we talked about today, of the fullness that we all received. Because in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. Father, I thank you that we are in him. And Lord, I thank you that as the days go forward, we're going to get more information. And so it will lead to more revelation so we can receive more of the fullness that we, we have received from you. And we thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're dismissed.